we have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today. Sponsoring this episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood today is me and myself. So I, aside from doing this podcast, I also have a business called My Bump to Baby and My Bump to Baby is one of the UK's leading parenting platforms. I launched My Bump to Baby as a blog back in 2016 and I did this on a shoestring budget. I was on maternity leave and I didn't want to go back to work full time. That's the long and short of it. I learned everything there was to know about blogging and now thousands of parents visit my website every single day and I earn an incredible income through my blog as a result. The great thing about blogging is that you can work in your own time and at your own pace and the sky is literally your limit when it comes to growing your income through blogging. The great thing about blogging is I now can enjoy my life doing whatever I want during the day and parents are automatically finding my blog through search engines generating me an income whilst I am busy enjoying life. If you love the idea of launching your own passive income blog, you can access my course in the link below. This is where I share all of my secrets on the blogging formula to success. If you would like access to all of my training, all of my email templates, all of my checklists, my media kits and so much more, you can click the link below and if you're ready to start blogging today, you can use the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, all in capital letters for a massive 15% off my course today. I hope to see you over there. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. This week I am talking again to my lovely friend Katie Mason aka Coach Katie on Instagram and we're going to be talking all about firsts after having a baby. I hope you enjoy this episode. 
Hello everybody and welcome to 50 Shades of Motherhood. Today we are talking all about first after having a baby, however that baby came out. So Katie, there's a lot of to talk about when we come to first, isn't there? There is, yeah, there's, well, it's, it's, it's just like, it's it's a bizarre scenario isn't it after you've had a baby because you're like you you, you don't know exactly how things are going to go how the recovery is going to go and um everything that you do for the first time is a bit of a trial and error isn't it oh it is it is and it's like I mean you're so nervous in the lead up to kind of having a baby I mean I actually we both spoke about the c-section last time in our own experiences and we were both nervous about the operation type part and you're only ever really seeing to then aren't you exactly that's the finish line isn't it yeah and then it's like you get home I mean even the drive home I mean that is is a challenge after a c-section anyway I'm not sure what it's like after a vaginal birth really properly what what was that like you know when you're injured down there is that awful getting in the car yeah sitting sitting down I think if you've had an episiotomy, I mean, I'm sure everybody is a bit battered and bruised afterwards, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But especially if you've got stitches or you've had an episiotomy, sitting down is just not, it's not doable. So you end up kind of perched on the edge of one bum cheek, leaning inwards, you know, just to oh. take the pressure off. Yeah. I really think I should have invested in one of those inflatable rings, you know that. That's what that, I've heard about those. Yeah, I didn't do it, but it's probably a very good idea, to be honest. Yeah, so definitely just just cover your own backs in case you end up with an episiotomy. I'm yeah. glad I said that word. I was actually thinking, as I was thinking about the word, I was thinking, is that going to come out right? And it did. Anyway, yeah. I didn't need to tell you that. So, yeah. but yeah, so there is loads of firsts. I mean, I mean, if we go back to just straight after having a baby, even from yes. the C-section side of things, the first for me that were, um, you know, quite tricky was that, that walk, you know, that walk to, yeah. you have to do a wee, don't you, before you're allowed home. Well, this is why I ended up in hospital for three days. Oh, God, did yeah. I tell you, did I tell you what happened? So because, um, because my C-section was first early in the morning, I was all done and up on the ward by 9.45 a.m., and you have a catheter in, don't you, after you've had a C-section? Yeah. So the catheter's there to obviously drain your urine whilst your epidural and everything else wears off to make sure, you know, your bladder doesn't overfill because you can't really feel things, can you? Just um, let everybody know, Katie's probably rocking uh, a yeah. <laughs> I'm like on a boat oh, or no. something. Well, no, yeah. I have my baby, I have my baby at the side of me and I'm just trying to make sure he doesn't wake up. Yeah. 14 just... weeks old, so the routine's a little bit hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, I'll stop rocking out. No, so, I, I mean to me, but they might have wondered what child. if you were doing something else. That's what I'm yeah. worried about. <laughs> Yeah, let's clear that up. No, yeah. like, do you not find that you end up swaying even when you're not holding the baby? Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I put the baby down and I'm still swaying. I'm I know. Like, I'm insane person. It is. No, I don't um, know what you mean. So, yeah, yeah the, go on. The catheter, I think, is it after um, after something like, God, I'm just plucking a number out of thin air, but it's something like 15 hours, 12 yeah. hours. 10, oh, 12 yeah. Hours. After 12 hours, they remove it. And then you've got, I think, nine hours to do your first wee after the catheter has been removed. So after nine hours, if you haven't done your first wee and you know your bladder's working properly, 
then they put the catheter back in and you have to keep it in for three days. So when I um, had my C-section early, I was like, you, you're kind of like on adrenaline, aren't you? I think mm-hmm. some of the pain relief, everything else, you've got your new baby. You don't think about sleeping straight after. It takes like several hours for you to come down, doesn't it? Yeah. So it got to like 11 p.m. And there was one other lady on the ward. There was me and her. It was it'd been so calm and peaceful all day. I'd had my visitors, my son had come, etc. And I was like, oh, they, they, they dimmed the lights. And I was like, perfect, baby's settled. I'm ready to sleep off. You know, I've been up early. And within 20 minutes, my eyes were just closing. This new lady came onto the ward and she'd obviously just had a vaginal birth. She was hyped up to the nines and um, all the lights went back on in the cubicle next yeah. to me. She was FaceTiming all the family. She was telling a birth story to the midwife. She was, you know, she, this this lady was like, you know, it was morning to her. And I was like, oh, Jesus. So I basically thought, give her her moment. You know, she's just given birth. So let me just like, you know, I'm just going to have to lie here and wait for things to calm down. So I lay there. And um, basically this went on and on and on and eventually it got to 5 a.m and I was still lying there trying to be polite and trying to give this lady her space because you're on like a a ward at the end of the day everybody's entitled to you know um so it got to 5 a.m and I was literally crying I was lying there crying I was so tired and I didn't want to be rude but I I pressed my buzzer and like you said in the earlier episode you don't want to press that buzzer because it it honks down the whole corridor it wakes up everyone in every room I know yeah it's like you don't want to press this thing just for a glass of water. So you try and cope the best you can. Don't Some you people have... do. Some people yeah. just press it all the time. It's going off all night. Well, and, yeah. and similar situation to you, just while you touched on that, I had people across from me and they were ringing everybody on FaceTime. Now, this was throughout the night, okay? Yeah. And you get it to a certain extent, but then the ring, it's just done, just done a second poo. Just yeah. done a second poo, granddad. Oh, yeah. Just done I, a second I, poo. And I thought, burps. really? Yeah, oh, it's just... That was actually one. It's just I got that one. Oh my god! Couldn't believe it. Honestly, I'm sorry if this is you, but when you have just been through the height of that, it's so hard to kind of get to sleep anyway because your body is a bit in shock, really, from what you've been through. And then, yeah, yeah, and 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 those they they were lovely, but it was just a bit. And then it was, oh, I feel dizzy. Oh, my my scars hurting. I thought, well, you know, we've had we've all had C section, so yeah. Oh my god! But then the buzzer was going constantly, constantly. Is this normal? Is this normal? I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I was there. I'd had my C section, and I was leaning forward and picking my baby up myself. I didn't even want to ask anyone to pass him to me. But then it got to five a.m. and I was in tears, and I thought, I am exhausted. Um, So basically um it was uh yeah no oh, I'm trying to think of timings right Let, anyway it doesn't matter the timing exactly but mm. I called the nurse in and I said please I've not slept I've not slept a wink is there any way you could ask the lady next door could she kindly turn a light off because I was the person separated just by one sheet of fabric between me and her and then there was like the people on the other side weren't as close there was like a corridor in between Mm. a pathway so I literally was it was like the light was on me it was like being under a spotlight so I said please would you ask if she would mind turning it off so I can just get a couple of hours before you know the day starts um anyway she said well you know I can't really if she wants the light on she can have it on and I was like oh fair enough but you know maybe if you ask her she'll understand 
anyway she went in and said would you mind uh she chatted to her first for 10 minutes by the way didn't ask straight away and then she said would you like me to turn your light off for you it didn't say you know you're bothering somebody else and uh the lady went no no you're fine I'll leave it on now and I was literally like Jesus Christ so anyway about 30 minutes after that had happened I was due for my time up on having a wee Mm. so I hadn't relaxed I hadn't switched off I hadn't slept I'd been up for 24 hours nearly and um the lady got me out of bed and said you need to go and do your wee you know your time's up and I was like Jesus Christ so I didn't even think I could stand up at this point shuffled shuffled so slowly to the bathroom and you've got this catheter haven't you there dangling Mm. in between your legs everything feels really awkward and and sore and then I got to the toilet um oh no sorry this was when she took the catheter out yeah so I wasn't sure this wasn't shuffling yet it feels like a blur sometimes doesn't it the after bit yeah um so anyway I couldn't we I sat on the toilet and I remember thinking we come on we and you know, I was there another 30 seconds and I knew there must be something in my bladder because this catheter had been out for 12 hours uh, and I'd been drinking loads of water and um, I just couldn't let them muscles go. I just couldn't let them go. They were frozen. So I tried for ages. I knew what it meant. If I didn't do a wee, the catheter was going back in. Didn't want it back in because that means obviously you can't go home or I didn't know what it meant at that point. So um I had to go back and they, they, they pulled out this machine and they scanned my bladder and they said, no, there's loads of wee in there, catheters going back in. Oh. So I was really upset because I felt like if I'd had a good night's sleep and, you know, relaxed properly, then I would have done that wee. But because I didn't, the catheter went back in. Um, I had to stay in all that day. They did give me the option in the evening to take to go home with the catheter bag attached to me and I had to change it myself but it got that late in the day um my medication my pain relief all that wasn't ready and my partner said I don't feel comfortable as going home rushed with this catheter and everything and you've not you've not slept so kindly a new nurse had come on by this point and she said I feel your pain I'm going to put you in a side room go and get some sleep so I said great I'll stay in overnight again then that's fine so I stayed in overnight um the second night I did go home very late in the day with the catheter bag, which was interesting um, and had to change that myself. Oh. Um, why, where did you rest it? Like when you're in the car and stuff? What, 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 how does that work? To, um, uh, it's strapped to your leg. Actually. Oh, right. Okay. You strap it to your leg. Right. You've got a big bag of piss, excuse the language, yeah. on your leg. Oh, so, um, yeah. so you can't really, I, I don't think I could, I couldn't put trousers on. I had to go home in like, like a, a maxi dress type thing. Yeah. With this t- strapped to my leg. Um, and then you've got like, you know, when you sit down, if it pulls the wire, that's in your bladder. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you're oh. really, really scared about knocking this, this catheter. Yeah. Down. So I literally went home, got a good, a good night's sleep at home on the second night. And then I had to go back on the third day um to do the wee test again so this this overlaps with another story that we've had a little bit of a laugh about because um as I got there they took the catheter out I had to wait for this wee to come but I didn't feel like I needed a wee I needed my first number uh, two. Oh yeah oh god so oh god I've heard the horror stories about the number two and I just thought it can't be that bad if you eat a good fiber you know you eat your fiber etc etc 
it surely it can't be that painful so um and I felt like in every other way my stomach muscles were working I could sit up and I, I know you're not supposed to be able to but I could so I thought maybe I'll be all right that way as well mm. so I went to go and collect this wee because you've got to have something like 250 mils in it you've got to collect it to prove you've got to take it out and go, oh like, yeah we? Got in that cardboard it. thing yeah 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 so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking oh no oh no, I need a number two. But if I do the number two, I'm not going to be able to catch the wee. Oh, yeah. Which one do I go for? I can't catch that and then prove that I've done a wee. That's just going to be a mess. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to hold the wee and think, hold the wee and do the number two. And then I thought, oh, my God, I can't do the number two. But <laughs> I, I really needed to. Like, I knew the pressure was there. It was hurting. And I needed to go... So in the end, can you believe it? I had to, I had to do the wee and lose it. I didn't catch the wee trying to get the number two. Oh out. no! Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. So At least after it came. Three days in the making, this 250 mils of wee went straight in the toilet. I was like, no. Oh my goodness! Oh how yeah. You might think I'm lying. What how did you? How did you find your first, your first number two? Was it actually so, okay? No. So what happened from there? um I was like on the toilet for 40 minutes 40 minutes trying oh, you know goodness. using my stomach muscles everything else is this in the hospital in, in the, the hospital, hospital them toilets as well sometimes they look like there's been a murder in there sometimes I don't know yeah. what it's like when you don't know what you're going to be greeted when you go in there with do well, you sometimes exactly. it's not the most I mean, comfortable place to sit yeah, it was quite clean and tidy, but I oh, remember the door, the door handle being rattled a few times. Oh, and I, think yeah. I was in there that long. At one point, my partner came up and I had to speak in the door and go, Kay, are you, are you all right? And I was oh. like, no, I'm not. And we I'm don't not. talk about poo, do we? With no, I, I'm like I, Yeah, I, I don't. don't have that kind of relationship. I've never, ever with any partner been comfortable to like, you know, trump or talk about yeah. It's not me. No, it's not me so, either. No. So um, I was there, and here I am telling everybody now this. But I know, hopefully they won't listen to this. Well, you never <laughs> know. Um, I was there for 40 minutes, and I was in pain. I was, yeah. I mean it, I needed the toilet so bad. You know when you need to go and you want it out your body, mm. and I just couldn't get it out. So I had to leave the bathroom. I found this really nice midwife who'd been um, quite informative earlier that morning, and I said, look, I've lost the wee. I promise I did one, but I've lost it down the toilet. And I'm in agony. I really need to do this, this number two. And actually, I turned out to be in the right place at the right time. Because had that happened to me at home, I think it would have gone on for days, days. Mm. Like and the pushing and the pressure is not good, is it? No. It's, it's, you know, you get piles and after effects from mm. being, you know, being severely under strain down below. So this lady gave me, and I, I, I came home and I bought some straight away because you can buy it off Amazon, and it's called um, Medilax. And basically, it's like a pressery, a little tiny, it's not a pressery, it's like a little tiny tube of gel. Mm. And you just put it, pop it up your bottom, squeeze it up. It How far up do you have to, like, push it right up? Or 
not too far there's like no. a thin, there's a very thin nozzle on the end and you just insert that it's non-invasive yeah but I was like oh my god am I gonna have to do that you know I like you I was like put something up my bum are you joking oh, no, yeah. and, you know, I wasn't up for it but anything to relieve that pain at the time and then in my head if you have like a laxative you're gonna be like literally shitting everywhere oh yeah that's the way yeah for hours that's what I pictured yeah I was like this is gonna be a mess like but she said no it will just release it and obviously I was breastfeeding so you can't take um oral medications a lot of them aren't suitable isn't there mm. but what this does I'm, I'm going into detail now but it works within your bottom so it never enters your bloodstream so oh. it, it, this gel draws the water out of your poo and then within five minutes, no longer you poo, it just you just do one normally. Just falls out. Yeah, it's just like going to the toilet on an easy day. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's not like does it it doesn't last for hours after. It doesn't make it like runny or anything gross. No. You just go you just go to the toilet. And I was like, I actually got in the bathroom. So I was that scared to do this. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to distract myself. She said I'd go within five minutes. So I'm going to put a timer on. So I got my phone and I put the timer on. So I did this gel. I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. Right, put the timer on. And I was like, I thought, I'm not sure. I thought, should I leave the bathroom and go back to my room? And then I thought, five minutes isn't that long. No, you better stay here. Especially after a C section. Because yeah. it takes you five minutes longer than that to get to the bathroom, doesn't it? Exactly. Shuffling along. Yeah. So, yeah, I stayed in the bathroom. And I think to this day, I can remember it was like three minutes, 52 seconds. And I was like, oh, I need the toilet. And, and it resolved it instantly. I've actually recommended that since to some of my friends who just generally have severe hardship going to the loo generally. Because it's a one-time thing it just works for that one trip to the bathroom it doesn't enter your bloodstream and it's done and dusted so it's just like <laughs> done and dusted it's just like a loo aid it's so it you know like some people have to take laxatives and they take them the night before and it yeah takes hours and, and you don't know so. how bad it's gonna be do you that's <laughs> it it's like or if they're gonna go on the way to work Oh you know, my god! I picture shit everywhere. That's when <laughs> someone says to me laxative. I think to myself, "Oh, I could just imagine like just being covered shit in shit, up. just all over the place." And it puts me off. Like I just would be terrified. So that wasn't like that. That was a good experience. It, it, it was good. So when I got home, I straight away ordered some on Amazon, box of four tubes, and I think I needed to use one the following day and the day after that. And by the time I got so you don't go to the loo, do you, for a number two for about four days? I know. Yeah. Why you, is that? Well, your intestines have been moved, haven't they? Oh, God, don't. They, they, like, move. I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor, oh, no, but... but just based on what I think I, I heard at the time when I, you know, I did a little bit of research before. They move everything. They separate it all to get to the baby in your uterus. And part of that is your organs all getting shoved to either side yeah. or wherever they're going to get shoved to. So they've been disturbed. So the normal passage of stools going through nice and easy is obviously a bit messed up for a while. Um, and then I, I suppose maybe, I don't know, like the day that you're having the operation, you don't really eat that much. You don't have breakfast. No. Those things well, the shock, it. your body's probably still in a bit of shock as well. Yeah, um, coming out of your system. God, so. yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that for me, I remember when I had to go and um, at home, 
I was at home and I knew it and it was coming. And you know, when you just feel that pressure and you think, oh, and so I made it to the bathroom and I just sat there on the toilet and we've got like a radiator, you know, one of them rail things that you hang the towels on and I just held it. And I remember thinking that it won't work. So I got a towel and honestly, I recommend this to anybody because you feel a bit disconnected from your bottom half, don't you? When you've had a C-section, a little bit like, I felt I like just... it wasn't, I wasn't really attached properly anywhere. I yeah. could feel it coming. I felt like I needed to push, but you can't really push. So, so I got that scar, aren't you? Like oh, yeah. scar open. That's it. So I got a towel and I just pushed it against my C-section scar. And it almost like helped me push, if you know what I mean. And it came and it yeah. was actually okay. It wasn't that bad. Oh, you um, weren't as bad as me then. No, I wasn't. Um, that I remember, I don't remember it being that bad, but I have got an actual couple of stories actually, which while we're on the subject of poo, I, I think I'll read. Now, I think for these ones, um, this, yeah, they're anonymous people. I'm just checking they didn't want their name mentioned. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let me just find it. I've got, um, just a couple. So this particular person sent in saying my first poo after having my third daughter by cesarean section was horrendous. It had been about three to four days and I hadn't had a poo. Oh, it had been three to four days. Um, and for those that have had sections know the pain of the recovery and my muscles were not yet working as they should have. And I could, I, there was no way I could easily push a poo out. I thought I had been savvy and got myself on laxatives pretty quickly. I was waiting for the point when your poo starts to turtle out of your bum. You know, when it starts to come out. So she was waiting till the last minute. Um, so that happened. And I was actually sat on the toilet for 45 minutes, hoping and praying that it would just free itself from my bum hole. And I'd lost all hope. I was dripping with sweat and I'd been in every possible position that a post-section your body would allow. So you can imagine this girl like... sounds the same as me. I know, it does. <laughs> um, she says... Um, but you know the pain of a section and nothing was easy. I tried squatting on the seat, standing up, letting gravity do its job, had one leg up. I even resorted to the horrifying prospect of trying to pry it out with my fingers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wouldn't come out. The sweat had gotten so bad, I was completely naked by this point. Bearing in mind it was summer too. So I'm in my bathroom, naked, swollen, fucking fingers up my arse. <laughs> and I hear the door. The doorbell goes and it's the midwife. My husband lets her in and she asked for me. He said, yeah, she's upstairs. Just go up. He didn't know the carnage that was actually happening. I screamed like a banshee. No, you can't come up, she said. She said it was fine and went into the living room. I think then, out of sheer fear that she would have to come up and see me like this and offer her assistance, that something took over me and it I was like making labour noises like a woman possessed by a demon and I managed to get the fucker out. God, the noise of relief I made. I gave my, myself a few moments to compose myself and then I went downstairs dripping with sweat 
to be honest, um, there was no way of hiding it. She definitely heard the noises and the sigh of relief. I just said, I've been up there trying to fucking poo for an hour. She laughed sympathetically and said, don't worry, it happens. She didn't actually see what happened because I'm pretty sure that's not what happens. Anyway, that's my poo story. I hope you like it. (laughs) The thing is, it made me laugh so much. And then we had another short one in. And this lady said that basically she just could not poo. It was just frozen in her arms and she could not get it out and we also had another lady that actually was similar to the lady that just shared that story but she actually had to get a partner to come in and have a look if it was turtling so that that is that's that's a couple that are comfortable with poo stories isn't it sometimes you wish you were sometimes it would be so good because you could just say look is it coming out but I I just could not do that anyway so that that's the poo poo side of things it's quite similar for everyone then doesn't it it does really it does and it's it is and I think getting things in advance like that useful stuff that you've mentioned if people actually get that in advance then hopefully the poo can slide out nicely you know maybe I've I've stumbled across a little gem there by accident just if like I said I'd never known about it if I hadn't been back at hospital when it when it hit when that moment that that lady got stuck in her bathroom naked that was me in a hospital bathroom. Yeah. So I not had that midwife right outside the door to help me. I, I would have been in there probably all day. Oh, it's awful. It on my own. No, it's awful. I mean, I do think they are naturally harder, the poos, after that time. Well, that's why it takes so long. Four days worth of food, isn't it? I know, four days. There, so, yeah, it can't be good. No. Yeah. And have you got any, obviously, in your area of expertise, fitness, health, any recommendations food-wise what people should be having after? Well, like I said earlier, like, uh, I think this type of constipation is, isn't always avoidable. It's down to the operation. Mm. But in general, if you were trying to avoid it, you'd, you'd have a high-fibre diet. So, um, you know, you'd, you'd go for whole grains, brown bread um you'd eat lots of green leafy vegetables like spinach broccoli that type of thing fruits um apples etc prunes fresh orange juice pineapple juice all those things are going to help um you know keep your system moving and also making sure you're not dehydrated because if you've got a lack of water in your body there's going to be a lack of water in your stools which is going to make it harder to pass so um also, What's a recommendation for the amount of water for a woman that they should be drinking anyway? Because I know I don't drink enough. Look at me. This is my second day of this. But yeah, good. That's what yeah. you need, something to put yeah. it in front of you so you don't forget to drink. It's actually got the times down the bottom as well. So, like, I, you know, I'm quite competitive, so, like, I have to win. So, if I look and it's a certain time, I have to drink to that time because otherwise... Yeah, if you really aren't thirsty, you just get yeah. it down. Yeah, yeah. I always say just have a bottle of water, visible in your eye line because you don't always realize you're thirsty and if you just glimpse it you think hmm, yeah fancy a sip of that and you you do drink a hell of a lot more and um, when you're recovering from any surgery you need to stay well hydrated because obviously that helps with all your bodily um functions and um recovery itself um so you're recovering from surgery you're also potentially some ladies might be breastfeeding now when you're breastfeeding you, you'll know 
especially in the early days, the baby goes to your boob and starts sucking and instantly your mouth goes dry. It's like all the water from your body's gone to your boob. Oh, God, of course. Gasping with thirst. Now, that's at the start, you can't you can't help but drink. As soon as you're feeding, you're like, could someone pass me a glass of water? And and that's one tip I'd give to anybody who visits somebody who's just had a baby or the partner of someone who's just had a baby. Just constantly say, would you like some water? Especially if they're stuck with a baby on the boob, pass them the glass. Because it could be two metres away and you're looking at it, but you can't reach for it. And that's a nightmare. So um, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I've not breastfed, so like yeah. I wouldn't even know that. That was a yeah. oh wow, right? Okay, yeah. So parched. Um, so yeah, I mean, normally I would aim for two liters of water a day, and then an extra five hundred mils if I do a workout, so two and a half liters. Um, but I mean, you can drink. I would say two two liters is a is a minimum up to say three to four litres for a woman if you want to stay well hydrated obviously four litres is a lot and you need to make sure that you're not drinking too close to bedtime because you'll just be up peeing in the night so I would say try and get that that water in up until your evening meal and then maybe after your evening meal just little sips and you know maybe a, a, a herbal tea or something like that. Are you looking for local pregnancy to preschool groups, classes and lessons to go to with your children? If that's the case, head over to www.mybumptobaby.com where you can find the latest groups and classes in your local area. As well as that, if you are looking for financial advice, family law advice or a local estate agent, you can also access our family protection and legal directory www.mybumptobaby.com forward slash family protection legal. Um, yeah, well, you, yeah. Can include, you can include herbal teas. Um, I like to have hot water with lemon and ginger in the morning to freshen, wake me up, freshen my tummy up um, and flush everything through and all of that sort of stuff you can include in your in your water intake. What you can't include is tea and coffee because the caffeine dehydrates you. So for actually every cup of tea or coffee that you have, you need to have an extra glass of water to balance it out. So So ages ago, I'd have needed then 18 cups of water plus the two litres. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't achievable. (laughs) I'd have drowned. Yeah, no, that's great. That's really good advice. So, So going back to first then, also, I mean, something that I thought was quite an experience is when do you actually do it for the first time? You know, a lot of people kind of, you don't know when the right time is to do it because you never feel fully ready to do it. I had to go nine whole months almost. In fact, no, it was from, that's an exaggeration. It was from when I found out my cervix was short. Yeah. And I love sex. And um, I went from... Make, make no uh, mystery of it, do you? There's no, no <laughs> it isn't. I mean, it's it, to be honest, with children, you know, it's obviously a lot less than what it used to be. But um, I do love it. And But from week 20, I couldn't have yeah. sex because I had that yeah. short cervix. I couldn't have anything going um, in there. Oh, my God. Um, it was... It was all that made it worse, didn't it? it? Did. That you weren't allowed. And also during pregnancy, I was so much more. I oh, think yeah. it's the blood flowing. That's what they say. The blood yeah. flows. And it's I was so hormones. horny. Yeah. yeah. The hormones. And also, I think the pressure 
the pressure of maybe the baby pushing down you know it does you do you do feel like you know oh yeah carry on right until the end yeah and I I mean that was one of the things when I saw my consultant and she was like I can't believe you've actually made it to like I think at that point I was about 35 weeks pregnant which was a shocking fact seeing as though I hadn't had the stitch so they were really shocked and she said right so in two weeks you can come off the pedestrian and then I think I had to take the aspirin up to a few days before the c-section but she said you can come off that and I said oh Great. And I said, does that mean I can start having sex? And she was like, no. I thought, fuck's sake. <laughs> I was so annoyed. But I don't think, I mean, for Danny, bless him. I mean, because I was heavily pregnant, it's really hard to kind of put yourself in the right position anyway. Because I had the same similar thing with George, really, when I was pregnant with him. You know, I couldn't do it then either. And it's so frustrating. I mean, we yeah. got married when I was six months pregnant and we couldn't even do it you know like oh, God. you, get down, by the end of the pregnancy you're down to one position there's one yeah. position that's like that's like the spoon the spoon yeah. position where yeah. you're belly safely out the way resting yeah <laughs> and you can almost pretend <laughs> like the baby's over there it's okay because it is a bit you have to really get your mind away from the fact that there's a baby in there don't you really yeah I think that's harder for men than, than yeah. women. Like, because because you, it's your body, and you know kind of what your limits are. Whereas men, I think, they're like, oh no, am I am I poking oh, you know, no, the baby yeah. on the side of his head? No, like, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But it, it is allowed and it is safe. Obviously, yeah. in the majority, yours yours is an extreme circumstance, wasn't oh. it? The majority of circumstances. Yeah. As long as you feel comfortable, you can carry on to the end. Yeah, you? and even people say, you know, if you want to kind of labour, you do it. Bring it on. Time. Bring it on, literally. Yeah, so um, with George, I, me and Danny, because we'd not been together that long, I suppose, when I got pregnant with George, maybe uh, just short of it. Was it just short of a year or maybe a bit longer? I can't remember. Um, it was a whirlwind love. It romance. was. We were engaged yeah. after six months, and I was pregnant by nine months. I think. I think that was it. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Anyway, you already decided you were going to marry him, so that was yeah. uh, you know, yeah. It, was, it, it went. It, it, went, right it order, worked. It worked out well. We're still married, so that's yeah. good. <laughs> it worked well. So basically, um, with George, when I'd had him, because we'd gone that long after the C-section, I was like, right, let's do it. A week after, oh my god. Uh, I got an. Inf- I ended up getting an infection in my C-section scar because of doing it. Um, oh. I think what had happened is uh, the position we chose just didn't really. It was rubbing on there, yeah, and then anyway, so I got an infection. Had to go to the yeah. doctors. It feels dead hot inside, doesn't it? And yeah. Had to go to the doctors. Got antibiotics, and then I did it again. Got another infection. I thought this just isn't working. Okay. So this time, I waited. I waited a long time, not too long, um, yeah. but until everything felt felt ready, really, and that yeah. was much better. But they say after a vaginal birth. I mean, imagine after your first situation. Oh yeah, that couldn't have happened. How but- long? But you are kind of, you know, like you are kind of thinking, oh, right, could I do it? Could it could it be yet? Could it be yet? For me, I wanted to like get back to normal as soon as possible. I think for the vaginal one, I had to wait the six weeks for everything to heal. Did you feel okay down there? doing that I mean not that we want to talk about it too much because obviously there's a different kind of time you know what you've you've just got to go easy haven't you and just you know if if you feel like you want to then you've got to just explore it and and go very easy and just see 
do I feel lube like up. I say lube up as well because I I was really dry afterwards and I don't know why I don't know why it might be the trauma I don't know yeah. but you it know. might be just the contrast because it's the opposite whilst you're pregnant, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe it's just such a contrast for you. Like, this is different. Yeah, maybe, actually. <laughs> you're right. It changes. It definitely you know, is. Changes have an impact. Yeah. So I was nervous about that. I think nerves as well, when you're doing it for the first time, it's been so long. You yeah. get a bit nervous, don't you? So it's like, oh, God, right, yeah. what's going to happen? You know, what yeah. can I expect? <laughs> I was fine after, after three weeks with the C-section, I was fine. But I didn't think to ask anyone. No one really said to me when it's okay. I had in the back of my mind, everything's sort of all right after six weeks. But three weeks, I was like, yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah. It'll be fine. And then I remember afterwards kind of being like, uh, should we have done that? I'm just going to Google it. And he Googled it and it was like, no, you must not. Until I think it's because your insides are healing still. That's what they yeah. say, don't they? So yeah. obviously speak to your doctor and, and make sure, you know, yeah, don't you can, can't do it. Excuse me, doctor. I'm allowed to shake my husband now, you know. <laughs> but that's the thing you just don't know when the right time is do you no I think it's down to each person as well we all heal at different rates and everybody's like you know comfortable at a different point in time after the surgery or the the, the birth aren't they yeah but I do think one thing is is not to overthink it especially if you pass the six week point not to be like oh you know I think just you know try and if you're happy to try try yeah if it doesn't feel right and you know the doctor said you're okay to try and you've tried and it's not right for you then wait a little bit longer yeah maybe give it a fortnight and then try again mm. but I think if you leave it ages because you think like say if you leave it months and months and months then like I don't know whether the moment might be lost in the sleepless nights, the stress mm -hmm. of having a newborn, the stress of, you know, there is stress upon your relationship when yeah. both of you are tired. So the longer that that goes on for, if you haven't done it yet, I think it would be tempting for some people to just be like, oh, I'm off, I'm off sex, can't be arsed. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing when you are really tired a lot of the time it is the last thing on your mind you know yeah. like and you're busy and you've got your family to sort out and you're healing it can get to that point where it's been a while you know and that that can happen and I remember when we first had George actually um it it kind of it can unless you kind of I had to schedule it in basically because yeah. I know it sounds really bizarre, but I had to say right Wednesdays and Sundays, and that's it. You know, like that's it. That's the times. And that's so you. That's you who normally can't go without. Yeah. And honestly, as, as I think as time's gone on, um, you know, when you've got a family, you can't just be at it you know all the time and and to be honest there's a lot of other things on your mind isn't there you're not sleep sleep exactly and all of is, those things you're so tired when you get to bed aren't you you're so tired when you go to bed that you're like right there's a window I need to um, sleep I need to sleep within two minutes to yeah like this window and then you get woken up by your children so when do you yeah. do the you know the Sunday morning lying that you get before children you don't, you don't. Do. no you don't and it's it's not putting too much pressure on yourself really comparing yourself to other people because everybody's different so your friend might be saying oh I, we do it you know this many times a week and sometimes you can think oh my god why don't we um but you know it's just sometimes you'll do it more sometimes you'll do it less and that's just and I think if you find it really hard to fit it in like there's no time then it is worth thinking about you know maybe asking 
the in-laws or you know your parents any anyone or a friend to to babysit excuse you know. me dad will you babysit so we we can get at it just yeah. just so just so need five minutes five minutes date night i'm sure yeah. not knowing the goal details oh god even if even if that has to be a saturday afternoon you know if you can't get babysitting yeah. in the evening if it has to be a saturday afternoon and like mm. you know go for lunch or date uh, actually yeah, date have a date or make a nice dinner and have a glass of wine or whatever you yeah because sometimes you need to reconnect with each other first otherwise you don't feel like it do you no you're right where that's your partner you're attracted to each other and it feels right whereas you know if you've not washed your hair for five days and you've got four minutes spare you've got food in your hair a bit sick in your, on your shoulder <laughs> yeah you're probably thinking about loading the dishwasher yeah you know, you're not in the yeah. right frame of mind are you no you're so right you know because sometimes it can seem like the perfect time just to kind of get it in but then at the same time you do have to date don't you and we actually had a conversation a little while ago because I said because it I don't know whether it's since lockdown, but everyone seems to be in a bit more, don't they? In the houses yeah. a bit more. And I enjoy being home. But I said to Danny, we need to kind of cook a nice meal for each other now and again. Like, And, and he said, yeah, but I make salmon like on a Monday, you know, like kind of. And I was thinking, <laughs> no. My, you see it as a chore, the cooking. Yeah. Day. Yeah, but I hate cooking. No, but he was like almost saying, well, I do cook because he does help out a lot around the house. See, I'm quite, quite lucky in that respect so he does do it in that way but what he didn't I meant as in like a real thought like a starter a main you know an extra dessert you know but but and we started doing that actually um and it was it's been really nice you know just actually spending that time together just doing those little bits because it's so easy just to get caught up or be just be scrolling on your phone and stuff yeah date nights definitely work me and Connor have always done a date night on a Friday night um and we before we had clay sometimes we'd go for a meal or sometimes I'd make like you say a three-course meal occasionally Connor did it you know and he doesn't yeah. like cooking but that was spicy, I appreciate um and we'd get a nice bottle of something to share like you know a nice fizz or something and, and then you've got the evening to yourselves but when you've got a newborn baby in the mix the date night isn't quite the same no we try still um, but we get a takeaway now, and uh, you know, I try and I try and get like a takeaway that I enjoy. That's quite mm-hmm. healthy. That doesn't make me feel sluggish and everything afterwards. What do you go for? Thai is my current. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah, I love Thai. Um, there's a new one near us, and it's re- if you can find one where it's really fresh and light, then you feel like I'd have cooked that myself if I could yeah. be bothered, if I and, had the time. And you can have sex after it, because sometimes I fill myself up so much on takeaways that afterwards I actually feel like... There's no chance. No, I ain't <laughs> yeah. moving. I can't, I can't be this, you know... This, you know, porn star, if you like, I can't do it because Stopping I can't do it out after a, yeah. after a pizza. And a no, I'm definitely not, honestly. <laughs> That's it, exactly. So I've been, I've been liking Thai, not for that reason, but I do actually. I've started liking it more because last time I went for a Chinese. Sorry to go off the tangent here, <laughs> off on a tangent, but last time I Chinese, I found it really kind of sugary. Really well. It's got a lot of different additives, Chinese. If I have Chinese and alcohol together, so even if I just have one glass of wine with a Chinese, I go to bed, I wake up at 3 to 4 a.m. and I'm up all night, wide awake. It, I just get oh no my. sleep. It. So well, weird. It's, it's the MSG, I think, that they put into Chinese. You can ask for it without 
some some Chinese restaurants will leave it out, but MSG just messes with you, doesn't it? It makes think, you what is that? It's just like it's 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 something that they add to the food to enhance the flavour. But it's like it's the same as like an e number or a preservative. It's just not good for you. And I think the next day your face swells up. You retain a load of water. Obviously, there's a lot of salt in the food. So I just the next day after I've had the Chinese, I look like a puffer fish. Like my face has doubled in size. It's not worth it for me to look in the mirror and see that for the taste. No. <laughs> I was actually thinking I was looking in the mirror these last few days thinking, God, I look like my face is dead puffy. And do you know what I've been having? Takeaways. Have you? Uh, you know yeah. what? I didn't know that, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have a look at that. But it's the extra carbs and the salt, because ah. the, the portions of carbs in a takeaway is a lot higher than what you'd feed yourself normally, isn't it? Yeah, like a full portion of noodles or a full pizza. It's a lot of carbs, and carbs uh, draw muscle. Uh, sorry, muscle. Carbs draw water into the muscle, so it makes you. If there's if there's too many carbs, you you overspill, and there's too much water in your body, and you look like a puffer fish, which oh, is a wow. gross way to feel. Yeah, yeah. Know. When you feel like that, yeah, you don't want to feel like that. So, no. other first, Katie. Then, um, you know, while while we're on the subject, so we've talked about first poo, first sex, and and stuff like that. But what about the first kind of? time you're returning to normal after your partner goes back to work you know like your first time alone with the baby it's challenging isn't it yeah because you've got two you've got four hands available for this one baby for well my partner took two weeks paternity yeah if you're in that situation where your partner can have paternity whilst you're off that I mean after a c-section you need it don't you Mm. for someone to be there to help um, I think in that two weeks he left the house and left me on my own maybe for a couple of hours like go to the supermarket or something maybe maybe twice and that was kind of like a little trial run I remember it not it, it, it was probably the first time it was probably after a week and me thinking right okay yeah I can do I can do this on my own and he was great he did all the tidying up you know he put all the washing in he emptied all the nappy bins he, I didn't do anything really for that first two weeks apart from recover and look after the baby and I think towards the end of the two weeks we maybe went for a little short walk and I didn't push the pram or anything you know I just you know mm. we we just walked somewhere and it was nice to have that company and then when he was gone I was like oh my god baby yeah washing oh, like no you've got to think to yourself right what's the priority my baby being looked after fed nappy changed me being fed dressed if I can get a shower in brilliant if the house falls apart a little bit for a few weeks it's not the end of the world is it no I was I was thinking then when you were talking a few weeks Olivia's nearly a year old (laughs) and it's but it is it's when you're looking around you just feel guilty don't you yeah I mean I do I feel guilty sometimes if I'm off and like I've got Olivia and things aren't done because yeah. in my head, I'm like, I know they need doing and I should be doing them. I think, I don't know why. But no, now I've started outsourcing a lot, to be honest with you. And and that actually makes me feel a lot better. So, yeah. I, you know, everyone chooses where they... organising it and it's getting Yeah, because my mind doesn't work very well in a sense of it's not very logical in 
I like I'll load the washing machine, but I'll forget to turn it on, and I'll open the dishwasher, start emptying it, not finish it. I do half things. I'm yeah. not very good at all these. Obviously, these are things that I do each day, but where I can, uh, and what I've done is I've actually started kind of getting help, and yeah. you know, like a cleaner, someone to do the ironing. You know, yeah. all the all those little bits that a gardener. You know, all the things that you don't really want to do. Yeah, you just and do it. Can. And if you can afford to do it and if so, I used to rationalize it like, OK, what what do I charge an hour when I'm PTing? OK, yeah. so could I afford then to work for an extra two hours and have somebody coming in, clean my house once a week? Yeah. Yes. You know, and yeah. you just push yourself that little bit harder with your own work if that's covering things that you don't enjoy doing. Yeah. And if even if say say you are on maternity leave and, and things are a little bit tight, but you could really do with the help, you what you can do is you can look at your bank statement and just see like what do I actually pay out? Sometimes if looking at your actual bank statement, seeing what you pay for, sometimes you think, oh, I didn't know I even still was paying for that or that gym membership and I'm not going to go there for a good you know, a few months, I may as well cancel that for now and things like that. And you can narrow things down that way sometimes as well, can't you? But yeah, sometimes you're you've got fam- right. family members, sometimes parents are desperate to help in any way. So instead well, of giving them the baby, you know, <laughs> give them a, a dustpan and brush. <laughs> yeah, but on saying that though, for me, if someone came round and watched the baby whilst I got some jobs done, that was really, really useful. Yeah. And people don't realise, do they, to offer, it, no. you know, because you are, like you said, I can totally sympathise. You're looking at the mess. You know that you need to do it or the little jobs that need doing, but you're holding a baby. You can't do things with one hand. Your baby doesn't want to go down it cry, you know, whatever's going on. Um, you said something really poignant to me, actually, the other week, and you said um, maternity leave. I didn't go on maternity leave to be a cleaner and a housewife. I've got a job. I'm on maternity leave to look after my baby yeah because I've had a baby and I think the the line becomes really blurred doesn't it that when someone's on maternity leave they should suddenly become super housewife and you know like um the house is immaculate everything's done Mm. and you've got this massive sense of guilt when your partner gets home from work if you haven't done everything I'm thinking oh god he's gonna think he's been at work all day and I've just sat with a cup of tea watching soaps you know know. and And that's it. And I think sometimes that can cause an atmosphere because I feel guilty that I and he's not said anything. He's not implied anything. He's quite happy. But I feel guilty. So then I'm almost like a bit. Yeah. What's the problem? You know, like a bit almost like, you know, it's um, so easy to become a little bit like not resentful but you can be you know to feel like well you could help me with that now you're home from yeah, work and they're thinking well I've been at work all day why should I have to I do know. that and it really it's you know you've got to pull together haven't you yeah yeah you're and it's talking about things because with George after George I had postnatal depression which I've told you about well obviously I've told you about but I've told you all about it and that time I just felt like I was having a bad day every day. It's like a grey cloud over me every day. And what I was doing was actually not communicating. And I think that's a big, a big thing because I'd be like dressing George or something. It's okay, George, don't worry. I'll do this. Yes. Oh, you you found a naughty, you've got a bad nappy. I'll sort that. Oh, I'll make tea as well while I'm at it. You know, like, well, you know, just speaking dead loudly. And you get the monologue in your head as well, don't you? In your head, you're thinking, 
great. I'll do this, even though I've not spent it all night. Because you don't want to say it. And actually, sometimes just having a conversation with your partner and saying, I'm struggling, this is why, a lot of the time, well, most of the time, they're more than happy to help. And I think last time I wasn't really communicating that I needed help sometimes when I was in that frame of mind. I think when you become a mum for the first time, it's so shocking. You know, like it really is like this second time I found it a lot smoother because I knew what to expect. And, you know, you're already in a bit of a routine with having a child before, aren't you? You're already a bit tired, if you like. Anyway, um, whereas before having your first, you're so free, aren't you? You're free. You don't realise. You think if you've got a job and a regular bedtime, then, you know, you don't realise how much freedom you've got within that. Because, you know, if you're a bit tired or run down, you have a lie in at the weekend. Um, or you go to bed early well you can't go to bed early if your child still still needs bathing and there's jobs to do around the house you end up going to bed later than you normally would and getting up earlier even though you're having disrupted sleep you don't you just don't have that freedom to please yourself and look after yourself quite as well as you can when you've you've got no ties no I know that's it exactly that really it's just it's really hard to kind of balance everything and also it is important for you to have like a bit of a self-care night or do something for yourself as well because um what I used to do and I don't know why I don't do it now I think it was when I was releasing these podcasts every Wednesday that was my night you know that was my bath night candles I had like a little tray with my iPad on and I just chill out and I wouldn't take my phone in there and I loved it and for some reason that stopped now in fact it's reminded me I need to get back to that because it's so easy to just kind of keep going isn't it and just when you do that for yourself I bet after that you're in a you're in a nice mood you you know you're more smiley and loving towards your husband more prepared to like oh I'll do that can I help you with that you know it does just reset you doesn't it it gives you a little bit of a uh, a spring back in your step mine at the moment is I've started running because I can't find the time well I ha- find the time isn't right I haven't got anyone to help me really so I can go and do a full gym session like I normally would so before Connor goes to work in the morning whilst he's getting ready he has the baby in the bouncer chair takes him in the shower room you know he's, yeah. he's having a shave and I go for a run and that clears my head so much. And I'm such a better person that day after I've done that because I always function better if I do a bit of exercise. I find mentally that clears my head and I'm ready for whatever else I've got to do. So, yeah, just finding that little bit of what it is, what what it, what it means to you to feel like you. And for mm-hmm. me, that's doing a bit of exercise. I would love to have a bath every night as well, but that's, you know, I can't have both. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, that's it. And exercise, it's funny you say that, actually. I'm just looking out. Oh, Amazon's outside, so I might get disturbed in a second. But, um, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of the the things for me, oh, what was I even talking about? You said exercise. Oh, exercise, sorry. (laughs) Since I've started doing a lot more exercise now, I've actually feel a lot better um, yeah. for it mentally like you said it's just it releases those positive endorphins doesn't it's it a mood booster 100 yeah, percent. it really is somebody who doesn't enjoy it starting simple and yes, um you know just it. just going for a walk or something it does one moment i'm sorry right? <laughs> yes i've got oh, you surfacing now as well what's that sorry 
I've got children surfacing now. I know, so right. So we I think, well to squeeze a chat yeah, in. Yeah, we, we did. Going we on. did. So I think we'll leave it there. And I think the exercise thing would be a really um, good topic to talk about next time. Yeah, um, just a, and a bit of health boosting, you know, ideas. Yeah. And I've definitely got some good tips for getting back to it. Obviously, when you've had a baby, it is on your mind that you want to get fit and healthy again. Um, and for some people, like the whole body image side of things does weigh heavily on them. Obviously, it's not something you need to worry about. But if it is something you you are worrying about, you want to be able to do it safely, don't you? So, yeah, I, I'd love to share some tips with you. And also C-section scars, helping them heal along the way and things like that as well. Um, I think that would be great. Yeah, I think an episode on that next time would be fab. But um, yeah. I better, George is saying he's thirsty now, so I better... Yeah, you've uh, got to put, put motherhood first. I know, <laughs> I know, that's it. He needs one of these, doesn't he? I need to get him yeah, on Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get him on the challenge. Drinking every hour, he'll never be thirsty again. I know, that's it. Oh, well, thank you so much for today. And thank, um, you, thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, take care. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you are notified every single time our new episode goes live. If you have any funny stories that you want to share, any serious topics you want us to talk about, please send them in. You can contact us via Instagram. I'm at my bump to baby on Instagram and Katie is at Coach Katie with two K's on Instagram. Look forward to speaking to you next time on 50 Shades of Motherhood. We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you, the ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bumped Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today.